Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'll be joined by chemistry expert Bob Lowry. We're going to talk about what exactly is available chlorine. When you read the package, you're going to see different numbers there. And we'll go over what that actually means and how much chlorine is actually in that product. And we're also going to touch on how a saltwater generator actually makes chlorine in your pool. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open 7 days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. So I get this all the time. So someone says, you know, liquid chlorine is really weak because it's only 12.5%. Compared to the trichlor tablets, which are 99% available chlorine, what is the available chlorine percentage? How do you, you know, get it from one from a dry chemical to a liquid chemical, or from trichlor to calhypo? How is that calculated or compared? Because it's really confusing out there in the market. I've even seen manufacturers use their chlorine percentage to kind of beat down the competition. Yeah, <clears throat> there's a a confusing array of of terms used when you describe how much chlorine is in a product. What people are used to is what we call a weight to weight percent. So if you put in a pound of something into 10 pounds of something, it's it's 10%. And, And so that's the way we are used to hearing things. But then there are what we call trade percent, which is a made-up term, and then there is actually a a volume-to-volume term, which is not weight-to-weight. It's a you know a quart of something and ten quarts of something, and it's not weight-to-weight. So there's different ways of of describing it, but the the practical thing is this: the the amount of chlorine in a gallon of liquid chlorine is about one pound of pure chlorine. And in a um, pound of trichlor, it is about 90% of one pound. So you can either think of it as 90% of a pound, or it would take 1.15 pounds to equal one pound. Either way, so you can tell from that if something says it's it's 55% available chlorine on it, then that's compared to what one pound of chlorine is. Furthering the confusion is that years ago when they tried to make a, a method of comparing chemicals, they said chlorine, pure chlorine, gas chlorine, when you put it in water, makes... 100%. There's nothing in it, so it's 100%, right? Well, yes, but what happens is when you put pure chlorine in the pool, 
it is chlorine gas. And the formula for chlorine gas is Cl2, which means it's two atoms of chlorine. So when you put it in water, one atom makes HOCl, and the other atom makes HCl, acid. So technically, only 50% of that molecule of chlorine is making chlorine in the pool. The other one's making acid. But they assigned it a, va a value of 100%. So now how do you compare, you know, against chlorine gas, how do you compare it? That's the way it came about. And that's, that's we use chlorine gas as a standard, but chlorine gas is technically only 50% of it is making, making chlorine in the water. So is it safe to say that liquid chlorine compared to calhypo, dichlor, trichlor, has a larger available percentage, to, even though it's a liquid, just based on the math that you were saying? Yes. Um, a, a pound, of, a pound of, of chlorine gas added to the water will give you whatever in the water. It would take, if, if you used trichlor, you would need to add like 1.15 pounds of it to get the same thing. And if you had a product that was 50% available, you'd need two pounds of it to equal one pound of gas chlorine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect okay. sense. So um, the only, and that's of dry products. When you get to liquids, it's, it changes because liquid is a, a, a weight, a weight percent. Mm -hmm. So, Generally, we just say there's a pound of chlorine in a gallon, a, a pound of pure chlorine in a gallon. Or so 12.5 uh, liquid chlorine. If it's 12.5%, if it's mm -hmm. 10%, um, it's, it doesn't have a pound. It's like, you know, nine-tenths of a pound. Yeah, that's important for people to know the strength of the chlorine. So um, sometimes they're, they can be fooled thinking that certain chlorines are more powerful just based on what you just said, and it is confusing. So after you, even after you explained it, um, it's still really confusing. Well, so a, a little bit further into what we're doing, technically trichlor, if you actually calculated the molecules in it, technically trichlor is about 45% chlorine because we have to compare it to gas chlorine, we literally have to double it. And that's why the package says it's 90% available chlorine instead of saying that it's 45%. Basically, you know, for the average person out there, the chlorine that is attached to some product and you're going to have a byproduct. You know, liquid chlorine has salt, calhypo has the calcium, dichlor and trichlor have the cyanuric acid. Is that correct? Right. So everything is going to add something to the water that you may or may not have to deal with. Either cyanuric acid, sodium, calcium, something that you're going to have to, to build up or deal with. Yes. And let's touch on the saltwater generators because they're pretty popular and manufacturers are pushing them with the current trichlor shortage. People think, of course, they're not a chlorine producing device, but they are. Chlorine generators, they actually make chlorine gas. 
but because it's being made in water, the chlorine gas dissolves right away and makes hypochlorous acid. So it technically makes chlorine gas. It also makes sodium hydroxide. It makes hydrogen gas. And so it makes those three things from salt that you add to the pool. And I often hear this, we have a salt pool, we don't use chlorine. And that couldn't be any farther from the truth. The fact of the matter is, if you have a salt pool, you're making chlorine. Most of the chlorine generators are capable of making about one pound of pure chlorine per day if they ran 24 hours a day at 100%. One of the things I've recently found out is that the the controllers and all the electronics that are out there, sometimes the chlorine generators not getting the correct current, the correct voltage. And when it doesn't get the correct voltage, then it doesn't make that pound of chlorine. Mm -hmm. So the the voltage, the DC current that it needs is critical. Um, there is a specification for the the cells and how much current they need. And you can also then check it with a meter to see if it's getting the right amount of current. And we had a guy that had a 26,000 gallon pool and he was having to run his chlorinator uh, 100%, 24 hours a day, and he was barely keeping up with it. And it wasn't because he was using so much chlorine. It should have been making four parts per million of chlorine per day in that pool. And it wasn't. It's important that you get the right current to the unit. But um, aside from that, um, you need the right salt level. If you get too much salt or too little salt, then there's a problem. Um, also understand that people say, well, you know, this salt water is not good for you or salt water is good for you or it's only a little bit of salt and so on. And the answer is, yeah, it's only a little bit of salt, but... The fact of the matter is that it's only one-tenth of what's in the ocean. And the amount of salt that's in the pool is actually very close to the amount of salt that's in your tears. So swimming in it is not like swimming in the ocean. But people need to understand is that when the water goes out of the pool and sits on the deck or a handrail or anywhere around the pool, as long as it's still a liquid, no problem. But when the, the water evaporates away, it leaves the salt behind. And now you have 100% salt on whatever that water was on. Whether it's aluminum, you know, some of your travertine deck or whatever. It's like you took some Morton salt and poured on it. It's corrosive. Bonding becomes an issue. Uh, and what I mean about bonding is that you should have a common copper wire that connects each piece of electrical equipment to a ground and not just the pipe that runs in the ground. Better to have it on a stake or a rod that goes that's driven into the ground. If you don't do that, because you put salt in the water, it conducts electricity better. And so you can have problems with electrolysis and and uh, and other problems in the pool because it's not bonded correctly. So it needs to be bonded, and 
you need to make sure that the pool has done that because with electricity and the pool and so on, your pool is actually a giant low voltage battery. And if you don't ground it, you know, guess what happens? You know, uh, it's the same thing as leaving the batteries in your flashlight for three years and then opening it up. What do you think it looks like? So, so it's important to know that. Also understand that the chlorine generator, the pH of your pool is going to go up. And it's going to go up for a couple of reasons. One is um, it makes hydrogen, uh, I'm sorry, sodium hydroxide. And so because it makes sodium hydroxide, the pH goes up because of the hydroxide. It also makes hydrogen gas. And hydrogen gas is a bubble. It's, a, it's an aeration. And, and because there's a number of plates in the cell, there's turbulence. So you have turbulence and aeration, and the turbulence and aeration is continuous, and it raises the pH of the pool due to CO2 off-gassing. Um, these are some of the things that you need to be aware of. Um, they, you, you cannot shock a pool with a, a chlorine generator. If you need to superchlorinate your pool, hitting the boost button, you know, raises the chlorine level up about double over a 24-hour period. That's not shocking the pool. What you need to do if you need to shock your pool is take some liquid chlorine or calhypo and put it in the pool and get the chlorine level up very fast right now. Yeah, we should clarify that that boost mode on a salt generator, all it does is increases the 100% output. It doesn't, do it, it doesn't add any more um, chlorine to the pool per se. It just increases the output of the system. And to learn more about Bob Lowry's certified residential course, you can go to his website pcti.online and you can also read his tech bulletins there on that website and if you're interested in the other recordings I've done with Bob Lowry I've done over 20 recordings now with Bob Lowry on various aspects of pool chemistry just go to my website swimmingpoollearning.com on the banner click on the podcast icon and then when you get to the podcast website in the search box just type in Bob space Lowry L-O-W-R-Y and that'll bring the list of the podcast that I previously recorded with Bob Lowry on all aspects of pool chemistry. And if you're in the industry and you want to enhance your business, definitely check out my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. A lot of great benefits for joining there, including a discount on your general liability insurance. Again, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.